Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm a feminist, but recently I read Sarah Pascoe's book, Animal, the autobiography of the female body, to distract me from the pain of a Brazilian wax. (laughs) (laughs) Although she specifically writes in her book, why are they called Brazilians? Isn't it insensitive to name a near total wax after a country suffering from widespread deforestation? (laughs) Save the rainforest leave the Amazon alone. (laughs) She's a friend of mine. She's been a guest on this podcast, and I fear she will hear this. Sarah, if you're listening, I'm very, very sorry, but it was Read That or Heat magazine, which they had in the salon, and I thought you'd prefer me to hypocritically read your book. (laughs) I am a feminist, but when a man in a bar recently said to me, I just want to save you, I thought... Oh, he probably likes that, and I like kissing. (laughs) So I said, yeah, I'm so weak, and I really, really need saving so that he would kiss me before I rejected him. I'm a feminist, but once when I met Elizabeth Moss, who plays Peggy from Mad Men at a party and talked to her about sexual politics of the 1960s for half an hour. The thing I was most excited about was that she had admired my clutch bag, and I immediately went home and ordered two more online. (laughs) I have three identical clutch bags. No, but it's good because they wear out, and I've I've got that forever. So whenever anyone says that's nice, I say, Elizabeth Moss admired this once. And I just don't think you can put a price on that. (laughs) 
I'm a feminist. And I recently listened to a Robin Thicke album on repeat for a whole day to figure out how many times he was degrading women in order to expose how sexist hip-hop is. Was what I told my housemate when she asked. <laughs> I'm a feminist, but when I met Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men at a party, I secretly congratulated myself in using all my willpower not to ask her what John Hamm was like. I did, however, say, it's hard for me to imagine that if I had a child, that I would love that child as much as I love Mad Men. <laughs> but I guess you must hear that all the time. And she said, no. <laughs> True story. <laughs> I'm a feminist. But if I was sent back in time to kill baby Hitler, I'd start by going undercover as a late 1800s housewife, wearing corsets and cooking for my husband, and I'd probably have such a nice time, I'd forget to kill Hitler. <laughs> You're going back further back than you need to, really, aren't you? Well, you've just gone back into like an, an, a historical romance in order that you at some point might meet Hitler in No, the... no, no, no. You have to... I mean, who, would you rather... No. You're going to smother him as a baby? No. Well, that's easier than killing a man. <laughs> what? Am I not... It feels <laughs> unpleasant, though, doesn't it? It's Hitler. It's like if you punch... Of, yeah, but, yeah, but what you haven't understood there... Oh, my God. There, I'm so, it's when you travel never, in time, you change everything. They would never everything. send you back. You would be like, oh, it's a baby. No, and you'd, be, like, care for him. Yeah, but, yes, but if I cared for him differently, because I know a lot about his childhood... You'd save and, Hitler? No, no. He, you'd go back in time to save Hitler? Yes. <laughs> yes, I would. And I would... I, there's no need to kill him. You can educate <laughs> him and be lovely to him. I'll tell you, do you want to know why Hitler was Hitler? I've got... Good. Do you, do you want, I mean, I know it's not on theme, but I will tell you, and it's really good. You, he is like classic, 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 if you wanted to build a psychopath. He, okay, I'll tell you. His parents had to get a special license to get married because they were first cousins. <laughs> then his father, who was, uh, he was a local, local councilman, and he always thought he didn't get enough respect. He was literally a little Hitler. And so he used to beat Hitler all the time, like a little Adolf. Little Adolf. He used to beat him all the time, <laughs> savagely, because he'd say, you don't respect me enough, you don't respect me enough. And Hitler actually wrote about how the day he thought, I'm never going to cry again. But his mother couldn't stop his father doing it. But what she said was, to, in order to make, uh, to, to make up for it, whenever he, the father wasn't around, she'd take him and cuddle him and say, you're so special. You're the most special boy in the world. You're so wonderful. So he brutalised him, and she built up his ego. And that's how you create a fascist who invades <laughs> Poland and commits... It's genocide. So what I would do is I would adopt Hitler and raise him in a loving, warm environment. And I would raise him to be a feminist and also uh, a lover of all nations and races. I feel we may have strayed off topic. Live from the Museum of Comedy in London, this Monday show presents The Guilty Feminist with Sophie Hagen and Deborah Francis White. And tonight's special guest, Tanya Edwards, talking about boobs. 
is The Guilty Feminists, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. It's a good point, though, isn't it? I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a really tolerant it's, it's, point. It's inclusive. It takes so much time. It's Where... <laughs> You're suggesting that re-educating children is too time-consuming and we should just smother them in case they turn Listen, into Hitler. I have to put on... A corset, and I have to make dinner for my husband. I don't have time to raise Hitler. Oh, because because you've you've designed I'm undercover. Your, if they're like, wait, you're from the future. I'm in big trouble. You are so living out a bodice ripper. That's I'm a what? A bodice ripper. A what? Bodice ripper. You can't just repeat. Sorry. It. No. <laughs> Uh, how do you explain a bodice ripper? It's like a, it's like a sort of a sort of titillating, sort of slightly soft porn for women. A historical, you know, rip off the bodice, like rip open the corset. Urgh. Like it's like a when a Mr. Darcy comes in and goes, well, he doesn't in, because he wouldn't, but in our heads he does. He goes, Urgh. you know, challenges. Yeah, would you like to hear about my challenge? I would love to hear about your challenge. Okay, so this is my boob challenge. At first, I thought there's a lot of dresses this season which seem to be like bra-free ones. I don't know if you've noticed it, if you've been on ASOS or anything. There's just no bra at all. It's just sort of backless and just sort of all over. And I thought, well, I could get one of those and go around sort of, you know, with my tits out, sort of cleave, low, not my tits out, but, you know, like with a low cleavage. And then I thought, oh, I've sort of done that challenge, and that, that challenge was, was my 20s. <laughs> and I feel like I've got a lot of my tits out over the years, and I, I sort of got to that point where I, I was like... of your tits out. Yeah, I just sort of, I did that, I went through that phase. I one went through that phase, and I know I did, because one of my friends came over. You know when your friend comes over to help you, you know, take your clothes to Oxfam because you've moved on from them, and you don't want to part with them, and they rip them out of your hand and go, no, it's going. That, have you got a friend like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, she said to me, I, she picked up a dress, and she said, I think this is really from your sexy secretary phase. And I, th I knew exactly what she meant. So I thought, I don't want to do that. And so I thought, what can I do? And I thought, do you know what? I've not really got big breasts. I've got C-carp breasts. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm substantial. I'm five foot nine and a half. I've got broad shoulders. So on my body, my breasts are just, you know, they're not really neither small nor large. So today, as my challenge, I went out like this. Uh, if you're listening at home, I lifted up my T-shirt so you can see I'm wearing six bras. I'm wearing six padded bras, one over the top of the other, to make my breast really large. And it was a totally different experience. So I couldn't believe it. So I just walked down the road in a T-shirt, and men just were like, they didn't disguise it. They just looked straight at your breasts in the most dramatic way. And it was extraordinary things. A guy leaned out of his car window to look. I walked around the corner, there was a guy in a wheelchair, and he just looked up and went, yeah. I mean, it was extraordinary. I got a free coffee at pret a -Manger. It was absolutely an incredible experience. Um, I did yoga in them, and that was weird, because you, you can't reach the ground. Like, you, it's like, when you lie on the ground, there's just sort of, you're always sort of in cobra. Like, there's an automatic sphinx going on just because your breasts sort of lift you. But the response from other people was, and actually, no, other men was, and I have to say, it wasn't, hashtag not all men, 98% of men, I would say, really did nothing to disguise it. They just, and I just don't get that normally, but they just looked straight at my breasts, and I just felt a bit like, oh, like, like they're not looking at me, they're looking at the breasts. 
And I thought it was a bit of an odd one, really, because I thought if I ever wanted to go out through like a really bad hair day, I don't care, I've got no makeup on, and I don't, you know, which I can anytime I want to do that. I'm not saying don't do that. I'm saying if I ever want to do that, I'm just going to go out with the big breasts because no one sees anything else. <laughs> and I'd have to say this is the only Guilty Feminist challenge ever that I have felt hasn't really contributed towards my feminism. <laughs> like, all the others were like, yeah, I'm going to be comfortable being naked, and I'm going to eat cake in public, and, like, who cares, and I'm going to not apologise. And then today I was like, oh. <laughs> and I'm going to have big breasts and, like, really kind of enjoy the attention. And I was like, no, that's not... My breasts are fine. What's wrong with my breasts? No. So I thought, in order to make this a feminist challenge, because I would like to try it again... I'll go out <laughs> with these breasts, they must be sort of F, and a feminist slogan T-shirt. So these breasts in a T-shirt that says no more page three, or these breasts in a T-shirt that says close the wage cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> to like use your powers for good. Exactly. Like today I was in my, some days my life doesn't even pass the Bechdel test T-shirt. But let's be clear. I think most of the guys looking at it wouldn't know what the Bechdel test was. <laughs> if you're in the audience, you don't know what the Bechdel test is. There's no reason why you should. It's a test that Alison Bechdel created for a movie. Uh, does a movie have two named female characters who have a conversation with each other about something other than a man? And very few movies pass this test, as you will be immensely unsurprised to learn if you've ever <laughs> seen a movie. Um, so that was my challenge. I have to say it. It shocked me how dramatic it was. I thought I might get a couple of guys going, oh, but it was unbelievably remarkable. Did you feel confident? I did. I quite liked it, I have to say. I just, part of it, like maybe 15% of it might be that, like people are attracted to confidence. I'll tell you why I didn't think it would make much difference. The other day I did hot yoga and it was because all the guys were taking their tops off. And some of the women take their tops off and just have their sports bra on. And I wouldn't normally do that. And I thought... I'm going to do this, sort of, you know, as part of my challenge. And nobody gave a fuck. Nobody looked at all. And I thought, well, of course, it's yoga. Of course, no one's going to. So it was a hot night. So I thought, I'm going to walk home like this, just in my sports bra. And I walked home and nothing, nobody looked at all. So I was in a sports bra with my regular size breasts. And I was expecting, I was like, yeah, here I am with my breasts. What are you going to do about it, world? Yeah, I'm a feminist. I can get my breasts out if I want. And the world was so uninterested, I can't even begin to tell you. <laughs> nobody fucking looked at me at all. There was literally the only response I got was one 14-year-old boy desperately trying not to look. Basically, that is the action I got, a boy not looking. And I nearly got home, and a guy just jumped out of his car and went, hey, where are you going with those? And I went home, and he went, good work. <laughs> that, that was literally it. That's all that happened. What I just wanted to check that you weren't going to show those to other people. <laughs> but he just, he just sounded chipper about it. It was just more, he was pleased to see me. Well, then, it wasn't like... <laughs> And so I was expecting, I thought, well, it'll probably be like that. I won't see much difference. Maybe I'll feel a bit different. Oh, my God. I walked down with my regular-sized breasts and a sports bra. No one looked. With these babies under a T-shirt, it was ridiculous. And I was not imagining it. It was like... I mean, when a man leans out of a car window and just looks straight... He wasn't looking at my face, so... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do you, do I mean, you understand I what I'm saying? I've at no point looked at your breasts at all because I see you as a person and you have beautiful eyes. <laughs> But they are huge. Uh, <laughs> Please welcome to the stage Deborah Francis White.
So today we're talking about boobs, boobs, uh, breasts, tits, the things at the front. Um, there is an odd thing about breasts that we don't often think about. Breasts are really the only part of the body that just change their function halfway through your life. It's like they just suddenly get a part-time job <laughs> and start working. They just start just going, oh, I'll just cover this. I mean, that is... That's a bit odd, isn't it? That, you know, like, because they're not unuseful. When you're younger, they can get you free drinks. Um, but at some point, they just become a free drinks dispenser. <laughs> like they want to give back. Like they've given... They've been, I've been given so much... It's my time. I mean, it is odd, isn't it? Like, if, if halfway through your life, your knees just started dispensing pizza, <laughs> you would question it, wouldn't you? That would be quite sci-fi, but we just don't seem to notice it. And I know, like, I haven't had a baby, but my friends who've had have talked to me through very extensively how uncomfortable it's made some of them feel. One of my friends was like, I'm just not really comfortable with it at all. She said, my breasts are a very sexual part of me. They're very, very sensitive. And I just don't know how I'm going to cope with it when a baby comes out of me and wants to suck on them. <laughs> And her husband said, oh, don't worry, darling, it's totally natural. It's going to be totally natural. She said, it's all right for you to say that. But what if the baby came out and wanted to suck on your balls? <laughs> Which is a good point. I mean, for a start, you'd have a hard time convincing the authorities <laughs> that any baby had wanted that. But it is a really good point. Like, what if men could breastfeed? What if Mother Nature had decided to dispense the work more evenly? Like, sort of, you know, men get the periods. Yeah. Women... Yes, thank you. <laughs> men get the periods, women gestate the baby, and then men do the breastfeeding. What if Mother Nature had just decided this would help pair bonding, sir? What if, what if, um, I say Mother Nature, I say Mother Nature, is nature a woman, really? Is, I mean, really, what kind of mother is Mother Nature? But motherfucker nature, let's be clear. <laughs> Old mofo nature who just dumps it all on us. I don't think Mother Nature's not a feminist, certainly. But if evolution is listening, I think this is an idea, right? Because it helps us pair bond, sir. I mean, not specifically you, but let's just take you. You're the only man in my eye line, sir. There's women as far as the eye can see in you. <laughs> What's your name? Oh, Jan. 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 You've got a nice accent. Where are you from? Uh, Israel and the States. Are you? The rest of you can go. <laughs> Jan and I are pair bonding but wouldn't it be nice Jan if you could have the periods I could just date our baby just popping that in there I'm like Darren Brown I could just I could just date our baby Katrina and then you could breastfeed it and that, that's a really interesting thing that we never really consider why this work isn't shared I wonder what men would be like if they did breastfeed, if that was normal, I wonder if they would be hunched in the corner of a cafe with a bit of muslin over them, like weeping into a corner, or going, oh, sorry, sorry. I wonder, I wonder if that would be the case. I mean, I've got really nothing to go on except my hot yoga class, where men seem to have an eagerness to take off their tops. I mean, a real keen fondness for it. They can't wait to take off their tops in hot yoga. Before it's even got hot, they arrive topless. They can't wait to get their tops off. Let's be fucking clear. If men had to breastfeed, it would be an Olympic fucking sport. There would be a viewing gallery. There would be no hiding. Thank you very much. <laughs>
Sophie, what was your challenge? Mine was not. I mean, you get the easy challenges, don't you? <laughs> Her next challenge is go on a date with James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, we set our own challenges. So I set things like order cake, yeah. get That's big tits. <laughs> and then Sophie's like, I'm never going to watch porn again. Um, I'm going to cry myself to sleep in a potato sack. <laughs> what? Well, you set hard challenges for yourself. I what know, was your challenge? I know. I've always worn a bra. Always. I, I, it wouldn't even occur to me to not do that. It's like a part of you know, getting dressed in the morning. I didn't when I was younger. I, I got boobs when I was quite young, but my mom doesn't really, I don't think she wears bras and she's always talking about how annoying they are. So it was my classmates who kind of chipped in and went, listen, you should wear a bra. And that's when I learned that, oh, it's, it's shameful to not wear a bra. I was, I was 12, 13 years old and I was like, oh, oh good, I've learned now <laughs> that that is a shameful part of my body and I should hide it away. And I just took that as like a fact. <clears throat> so I thought it would be really interesting to try and go braless. It was like, it went from just, you know, regular, just part of my body that I didn't really think about in any specific way to becoming, like, sexualized. Oh. I was so scared. I went grocery shopping, braless, and I was so scared. I was scared of, like, wind. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like they were kind of exposed. I did wear a shirt. <laughs> I was just going to make that very, very clear. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering at this point. Like, just imagining you in Sainsbury's. <laughs> Completely topless. <laughs> it's a challenge, security man. <laughs> I felt like you do when something, like when you've been catcalled or like someone's kind of degraded you and your instinct goes, oh, what did I do? What did I do to deserve this? And I, I kept thinking, my first thought kept being, oh no, you're like making them look at you. Or, like you're bringing their attention to you. You've, you've now sexualized your own breasts by not covering them up. So I kept being so scared that I was going to get, not attacked, because it was like broad daylight and stuff, but still, it was just, I didn't want any comments, I didn't want any people, I didn't want men to look at them, I didn't want that, because I just did, I don't feel like, I hadn't chosen that they were sexual. So I kept having to tell myself, it's not reality. They're part of my body, they're not, it isn't sex. Mm. It can't be if I choose to use them, <laughs> use them. <laughs> I can do the helicopter too. <laughs> I got to tell myself, this isn't reality. This is something that you've been taught. You've been taught this. This isn't true. What they told you when you were 13 is not true. You should be able to go out and yeah. if they see them as sexual things, that's not, it's not reality and it's not your fault. I felt really uncomfortable doing it. Do you think you could do it again and build up a resistance? I hope so. I, I, that's because I'm thinking I can't just, I can't let them win. <laughs> so I think I have to. I have to, to, to find... I have to do that. I need to so do that. It was like when you released them from the bra, you felt like they were more sexual because they were out there and you didn't want that. Like you yeah. were like, it felt like I'm, I'm releasing them into the wild. <laughs> into yeah. the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> I've only been on They're stage without a bra once. Really? Yeah. It was at Latitude Festival. And oh, you know wow. when, and I was like, I was camping and it was like the third day. And I just was so sweaty and hot and like, I just couldn't bring myself to get into a bra. So what I did was, I had a, a maxi dress on with a, like a halter neck. And I thought you couldn't tell, because you know when sometimes a dress has a bit of support in it? But I had a bit in the show about bras, and I started doing the bit about bras, and a man shouted, you're not wearing one. And I thought, oh my God, it's really obvious. And I just, do you know what? I started out, because I was at a rock festival. I thought, fuck it, this is a music festival. This is, this is my Woodstock. <laughs> but and that's, that's as close to Woodstock as I get. I don't know if it's because I knew we had this episode coming up, but I've noticed that like, when I've met people who weren't 
wearing bras, I've noticed it, not in a critical way, of course, but in a, oh, she's brave. That's how I felt. I felt, oh, my God, I wish I could be that. I wish I could do that, and I want to do that. Because they were just, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't sexual, which was how I felt when I did it. I want to do that. More. I think anything you do all the time, because I did the hot yoga without the bra thing, and then I did it again, and then the next day it didn't feel weird at all. Mm. And Not without the bra, sorry, without the top, uh, <laughs> just in my sports bra. And loads of people do it all the time. And what I love about yoga is a variety of people do it. It doesn't matter what shape you are, what size you are. And the first day I felt really like, I'm in my bra. Um, and then the next day I was like, I'm just doing yoga like other people in this room are doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, Sophie Hagen! Thank you. I, uh, I have a friend who, a female friend who, I'm not bragging, <laughs> but I do have one. Uh, <laughs> which means that you as a species have accepted me into your group. Uh, she, uh, she has this thing where she, she grabs my breasts, just, and then she like laughs, which is not the reaction you want. <laughs> like, oh, they're not similar to each other. But I don't like it. It's not nice. So and it felt, I didn't really want to confront her for a while because I felt like I should be able to just take the joke. But eventually I said, listen, I'm not comfortable with you just grabbing my boobs. I don't like that. And she said, it's okay, I'm not a lesbian. <laughs> That's not an argument. That's not, I was like, oh, I uh, burned down your house, but don't worry, I didn't want to. <laughs> oh, I fucked your boyfriend, but I don't like him. <laughs> don't worry, why are you being so upset? You <laughs> made me angry. Because I, um, I, 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 I'm fond of my, my boobs because uh, they're my pockets. I keep, I keep stuff in them, like everything. <laughs> Like keys, my phone, a pet hamster. I keep everything. <laughs> I keep everything in my boob. I just, I just do it. And um, I once, I once uh, woke up after I'd been at a um, comedy industry party. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One of you is impressed. You should all be very impressed. <laughs> and I woke up the next day and I was so hungover. I'd fallen asleep with all my clothes on. Uh, so when I took it off, uh, like three business cards were like stuck to my chest. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so I emailed them being like, uh, hello, I do seem to remember meeting you, I guess, and I'm uh, very interested in the project that you probably told me about. <laughs> and uh, I got a reply from one of them, and he told me what had happened, and he'd gone up to me and he'd said, I quite like what you do, I'd be willing to represent you if you ever need that. And I had taken his business card, stuffed it in my bra, and gone, <laughs> good luck, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that is not my future agent. <laughs> Uh, so, but I was dating a guy once who said to me, he said, oh, you shouldn't put things in your bra. Only fat girls put things in their bra. And I was like, well, that's nice. I was like, finally, we have like a privilege. <laughs> I was like, good, good, we have something. <laughs> we finally get something back. And he said, it's not feminine. I was like, uh, I mean, okay, fair enough, but if you want feminine, you know, if you don't want us to stuff things in our bras, just fucking sew some pockets in our dresses. <laughs> Thank you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So I'm the one. I'm sorry. In our no, in a feminist world, you rip it open yourself and give consent. <laughs> but in the in the in the books, it's always sort of slightly like you're the you might be the the sort of workers in the as a scullery maid, and then the la, the, the Lord of Manor comes in. Go on. And <laughs> and he looks at you and he says, and he You've says, "You've been a bad bad girl." Yes. <laughs> And then, and then exactly, and then, and then you say, "Oh, my lord, how can I make it up to you?" And uh, you should punish and me. And then he says, "Get on your knees and stoke that fire." And I'm like, "Yep, yeah." And, and then, then what? And then, then there's a. <laughs> then you, you, you grab mm -hmm. the poker and you sort of. Ooh, the po oh, the. Yeah. Yeah, for the fire. Oh, the, yeah, and, but okay. it's all a metaphor. <laughs> it's all one. this sexual metaphor as you're stuck, stoking the fire with the poker in and out, in and out, in and out, until it builds and builds and builds, and then suddenly his jodhpurs are right there. And his what? Jodhpurs. His, his <laughs> breeches. His, his bre butt? His breeches. His breeches. Jodhpurs, they're riding trousers. What do you call those oh, in Danish? Oh, his pants. Yeah, well, uh, his trousers. Yeah, what do you say in Danish? Trousers. For no, you don't. Do you say jodhpurs? Old trousers. Old trousers, yeah. <laughs> Okay, shall cool. we bring on our guest? Yes, I think so. I'm excited. Okay. To speak about boobs with us, we have a very special guest. She's a stand-up comedian. You will love her. Her name is Tanya Edwards. <laughs> How lovely to have you. Thank you for having me. Now, your breasts are currently going through a transition, are they not? They are, and it's genuine. One bra only, guys, and uh, two size increase. So, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and um, eight and a half months pregnant, so... <laughs> I am a feminist, but I'm having a boy first. Sorry. <laughs> so, you know it's going to be a boy. I do. And he's going to come out, and he's going to want to use your breasts as a drinks dispenser. How do yeah. you feel about that? Are they changing? Is this, is this an odd experience? Uh, yes, they're looking rather veiny at the moment. Um, <laughs> no, uh, when I grew up, we'd always go away in, um, in the summer on holiday and everyone was topless. Really? Yeah. Well, what, in England? No, in France. Oh! <laughs> Sorry, very privileged child. And, um, <laughs> but in France, everyone was topless. My mother was always topless. And if you went further down the beach, then people were naked, but they were all German. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I never had boobs, I never really thought anything about them. But I live in a city, and I think that the idea of getting my boobs out to feed someone in public is a little much. But also, it's something I'm going to be doing. Like for you or for... Like when you see other people do it, do you think that as well? I is think it just for I, you? I shouldn't say this, but I do think it's a bit much when I see my friends' babies chowing down on them. I do. But I... Do you? I do. It makes me uncomfortable. And I'm not saying... I'm going to do it. I know it's the right thing to do, and I'm going to do it. But I... I, um, I do sometimes think, oh, God. 
But that is that baby's because you, hungry. <laughs> but is that because because I, I get that like you have like your initial thought and then you go oh wait no 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 that's something I've been. Well, no, it's just because to. I'm in the city, and I just think it's not something that you see very much. So if you're in New Zealand, it's quite... My brother lives there. Um, I'm not showing off on my very well-traveled... Um, but <laughs> but in, in New Zealand, it's much more casual. It's much quieter. It doesn't seem so obtrusive. I mean, I, I can't describe... You wouldn't see someone breastfeed on the tube, right? <laughs> so you're already in your head, so you've got different places which would be appropriate to breastfeed. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw someone breastfeeding on the I tube. I would. They've got a seat and a baby there's and a, a tit down. And there's a lady how in the stops. Are they going? I there's mean, a, <laughs> there's a lady in the front row who wishes, wishes to speak. Uh, yes. I fed my baby on the tube. You oh, fed you your baby on the tube how, on the way here. How old? <laughs> nine now. Nine now. Oh, nine. Oh, no. Thank God. Well, some no. people do feed till nine. How late did you? <laughs> how late did you stop? Six months because it gave me boobs. Six months because it gave you boobs. And do you still have them? <laughs> No. Well, I can't, I can't see from here. They look good to me. <laughs> I don't trust anyone now. I've seen all your underwear there. It's so, <laughs> so weird. Coincidentally, on the way here with my big boobs, um, I used these on the Oyster Car Reader and it did work. <laughs> <laughs> Opened the gate. The first run I had who got pregnant, uh, when I saw her breastfeed, I, I felt, because it was the first time I'd ever seen it, I was like, uh, uh, but then, you know, you, you get used to, or you tell yourself, there's nothing wrong. Like this is—you've been taught that this isn't where you should see boobs because it's not in porn. So you should feel this way about it. But then you—you know—you can alter that. We should all. Well, alter I don't that. watch porn. I just Google boobs for this podcast, and some awful things have come onto my telephone. I'm really frightened <laughs> now. I could get into serious trouble. But um, <laughs> but I—I I think it's totally. I just—and then you've got all these poppers and these special bras that you fold down, and you have to recreate your whole outfit. You're giving me advice here. I should just one popper. Just one popper. <laughs> Listen. I've been practicing with these breastfeeding bras, they're not easy. Um, and I'm not even breastfeeding it, I've been practicing at home. Pip what, like pop. on a pumpkin or something? No, just, just trying. No, just, just, pra just practicing. Suck it. Just, just, practicing, just practicing the poppers. You see, you just made it super sexual there. I think pumpkin porn's quite niche. Um. <laughs> I'm all meant to suck it. Oh, I see. oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was provocative. Do you think that if society changed so that more women could breastfeed and felt comfortable to breastfeed and weren't going to get comments or looks, that it would normalise itself within six months? Well, I think actually breastfeeding is a lot harder than we, we think. Like I've been told that lots of people find it really difficult and some people, you're looking at me again, no, it is easy, bitch. Uh. <laughs> but given there is a chunky old percent of the population that, that want to breastfeed, can breastfeed... Why are they doing it? They're just not leaving their houses apart from you. But you've got to have another baby, and then we can hang out together, and we can sit on the tube, and we can be like, hey, guys, this is how you do it. And, uh, <laughs> and are you, So are you looking forward to breastfeeding? No. No, no. Sorry. I didn't realise I felt so vehemently about it. No. <laughs> no, neither did we. But it's, um, it's, it's, it's I have to be able to, because I've now invested in three nursing bras and a Medina breast pump for when I have shows. <laughs> so I know it's going to work for me. But I, um, my mother didn't breastfeed. No, well, my mother didn't either because I was adopted, so it was very tricky for her. <laughs> so I wasn't adopted, and it, she still thought no. 
No, well, it, it's an interesting one how long you can breastfeed. Like, they were wet, in your bodice ripper years, Sophie, <laughs> yes. when you travelled in time, mm -hmm. yep. um, there were wet nurses where yep. a woman who was breastfeeding could breastfeed the children of rich people for sort of ever. Wet nurses? Yeah, and so it was basically you could employ Any something. <laughs> Any wet nurses in? But I, I do think you're totally right. A friend of mine, she was in a doctor's surgery for her sick baby, and she was told off by a man for breastfeeding. Listen, I've always got by on my personality, guys, and uh, <laughs> kept my body firmly covered. Not because I'm not out of self-consciousness, just because I'm busy. I can't. I've got a very, um, <laughs> I've got a very smart friend, Elizabeth, who says uh, I can know I can win an argument with my witty repartee, but sometimes I also know if I can't be bothered, I can just wear a low-cut top and a push-up bra, and <laughs> and I still get my own way. And. I like to credit getting my own way with my with myself. I I've just don't I don't know I can't even think of any of the times that my boobs have been an advantage. But I must have I mean they're pretty good. I, they um they must have got me something at some point. You know if they're really great, get them out. You know if you have if you want to. I don't know. Um, I I sort of think objectively though all breasts are great. I think really I, yeah. I've seen some really strange ones. Okay, so yeah, but. In terms of in, in terms of body positivity though, do we not want do we not want to celebrate all breasts? Because I think because I think but when we say great, healthy, that's great. But yeah, but when we say great, what we're doing is we're comparing them to all the breasts we've seen on billboards. And mm. we're comparing them to probably fake breasts. Because a lot of the breasts we're sort of breastfed, so to speak, <laughs> by the media are not are not real breasts, they're fake breasts. And, and also, oh, by the way, they're, they're chosen because they look like what they're meant to look like. No, but yes. I think the interesting thing about fake boobs is if you see them en masse, they look really strange. Like I remember being in Ibiza when I was young and some sort of fantastic fake tits but one day I saw a load of them floating in the pool at the same time and, and then you can really tell like wow everyone in this pool's had a blowjob uh, not a blowjob <laughs> everyone in this pool has had a boob job and everyone around this pool wants a blowjob because yeah, I was like I've given testosterone kind of... in my in my this boy is making me really weird blame the baby blame the baby what uh, I was getting so disappointed. I was like, I've given a lot and nothing has happened. When we're comparing breasts and saying some are strange, some are too small, some are too large or whatever, what we're doing is we're looking at this standard ideal, which is what we always do with our mm. bodies and our faces and our lips and our eyes and our eyebrows and our hair. We're always going, like, our options really, I think, are Jennifer Aniston or Jennifer Lopez. Pick one, look like that. And if you don't look like one of the Jennifers, well, you're wrong, and they're strange, or you're, and you're, so we're always striving to be one of the Jennifers. I don't think so with boobs. Because there's really such a range of shapes and tastes. And like if you're a boob guy, I've met boob guys who like small boobs or big boobs and women who like small boobs or big boobs. I think that that's the one thing. It's like boobs or noses. You know, that people like have different tastes for those. <laughs> what, in boobs or noses? Well, you know, like some people love a button nose, don't they? And other people like me, I love a big nose. Um, this isn't a euphemism. It's just... <laughs> I think I think you're right when in terms of small and big, but there's more. Like as a teenager, the first time I <laughs> exposed, like you know, he not not against his will, I showed, showed I showed it to someone who wanted to see them. Uh, 
I didn't know, all I knew in my head was all the boobs I'd seen, and that was in advertising or porn or, or magazines. I'd never seen, you know, anyone that necessarily looked like mine. So I didn't know that all the boobs he'd seen were so different as well. I remember the first time, I don't know, was it a book or was it like an advert, or like a campaign or something where they showed all the different kinds of boobs you can have? And some of them were pointy, and some of them were different sizes, and some of them looked like two different directions. <laughs> and there were some were longer, some were like, and you just go, oh. But oh, this is what I think kinds. when I got on the beach in France, because I saw them all, because ah. everyone had them out, and you saw everything, and everything to me was normal. That's, it sounds like the solution, because you grew up and you saw so many different kinds in a non-sexual way. So to you, it's just a different well, where I didn't, we, we never went on holiday to a nude beach in France. We, you know, closed our eyes and imagined sun. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so and, I think that's And I listened to one of these, and you said that you watched pornography when you were a child. Mm. And I never saw anything sexual until I was doing it my damn self. So I think <laughs> that, that probably I helps. think it's, a, but, but that's the whole idea, is that if we just let people, children, see regular nude bodies in all their different shapes and ages and folds and wrinkles and whatever it is, then they won't grow up and have that idea of how a body is meant to look because the advertising will just, well, I mean, it'll still of course have an effect, but it'll just be like a part of it. So this is probably a very good reason why we should sometimes not wear a bra, take mm. our top off at yoga, breastfeed in public on mm. the tube or do those things because it just normalises because actually we've been trying to pressure advertising to change for ages but advertising keeps saying yeah but we're trying to sell stuff so our agenda <laughs> isn't the same as yours. Um, we don't really want to make the world a better place. If the world is a better place where people have better body positivity they're not going to buy our shit. Well, okay. so well they're not in that way they'd have to use a different kind of advert wouldn't they? But I do think that the whole point of this podcast is that everyone should go on holiday to Southern Europe. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, I should think. get a real big cut and a free holiday from Thompson Thompson. <laughs> yeah. People always say, oh, bra burning feminist, blah, 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 blah. But we never actually burned bras. Maybe Bloody this expensive. is the time. <laughs> Maybe we should fucking live up to the stereotype and just burn. You have seven of them. You can burn. <laughs> I, I do. I put, off, I put on every bra I've got today. I, I did. There was one more, and I just thought, I just can't. I just can't. <laughs> it's not going to reach around anymore. I just oh, and it's and it's quite tight as well. Let's wearing burn all this. one of them, and then I got some highly flammable nursing bras. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're meant to be flammable. I think that they must be. They've got padding in them, which doesn't make any fucking. Um, I can't. Oh, say yeah, yeah, you can not, there's no watershed. It? It's, a, it's the internet. It doesn't make you any. You can't say fuck on the internet. Where can you say fuck? <laughs> It doesn't make sense that you would have padding, but apparently it's to absorb all the leakage. I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know, soon your breasts are going to be drink dispensers. That's going to be very exciting. I'm going to come and visit you and watch you breastfeed. So you think I should be confined to my house? Now I say it's <laughs> exactly what I've said. Yeah, for the confinement, yeah. We, hashtag confinement. Hashtag guilty <laughs> feminist. Unacceptable unless by my house, you mean on the tube with that uh, lady. Uh, yes, absolutely. On the tube with all available breasts out. I'll do you know what? I'll do it in sympathy. Uh, so audience, sometimes we ask the audience to close their eyes uh, so Jan and I can kiss. No, so <laughs> no, so that we get, we get the audience to say mmm to things and in that way it's anonymous. Okay, so if you could close your eyes please, okay. If you've ever felt your breasts are too small go mmm. Mm. If you've ever felt they're too big, go mmm. Mm. If you've always been happy with exactly the size and shape of your breasts, go mmm. Mm. Oh, oh wow. that's interesting. If you don't fit into any of those categories, go mmm. <laughs> mm.
Oh, yawn. Um. <laughs> One, I think. Any questions <laughs> about breasts or anything you've heard? Can I, can I ask you yeah. a question? Because sure. when did you first become aware that you were like a girl in like in a special way? Well, no, mm. can, can I need to clarify this. Look, I don't because I, I, my brother found an ambulance door in a skip and he took the ambulance door down to the river <laughs> and we used to stand on this ambulance door and punt up and down the river, him, me and the dog. And, um, and I thought you were going to say poem. And we, we, we were. We were. <laughs> and Sorry. sometimes his Nigerian friend from school as well, which must have looked a little black boy, a little white boy, a little white girl and a, and a border collie on an ambulance door floating <laughs> up the river. I imagine it looked quite strange. And one day... a lot like a very odd version of Huckleberry Finn. And um, <laughs> one day we were, we were punting towards the, towards the bridge and... These people got out their cameras and started taking pictures of us. And I remember thinking, oh my God, I don't have a top on. I was about eight. But it was the time I thought, and I'm a girl, because I should have had a top on. But mm. that, was, that was literally the only time I was embarrassed about anything my whole childhood. That's interesting. When, so did, you when do you first when remember did you feel that embarrassed, you were topless? I, mean. I was raised in a beach town in Australia. And we would go down to the beach like every day in the holidays. And um, we never went on holidays anywhere else because there was like we were already on the beach. And I, there are no, there are no <laughs> pictures of me topless at all. We always had a bikini top on from the time we were born. This is a very Australian thing, I think. Yeah, if you're a little girl, you're. Right. I mean, now maybe less. No, now actually you'd be in a full wetsuit that sunscreens you <laughs> and protects you from the enormous great big fuck off holes in the ozone layer above <laughs> Australia. Uh, so now you're neck to knees basically. I think the first time I ever thought of my breasts as sexual was the first time I had sex when I was 16. Because before that, I hadn't even considered that that was a thing that real-life boys would be in, men would be into, don't worry. And because I remember my first, oh, God, oh, this is such a gruesome... Oh. Yes! What? So he would, like, his hands would be completely flat, and then he would just, like... <laughs> So it was just like my nipples touching the palm of his hand, and he'd just like go around. And I remember thinking, uh-oh, <laughs> am, am I meant to enjoy this? <laughs> What's he doing? Is he trying to summon something? <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, no, I have to deal with this being a thing. I, I have to use that part of me for, for sex stuff. So I he was sort of just sort of flat hand then just the nipples, it. just like oh, like yeah. he was kneading but, bread. So, or something. but did he go straight from zero to sex? Like there was no because you didn't have like a, a period where you know before you were ready to go the whole way, like you could have a bit of a fondle. No? Oh no, I, w I went you, full in. You, you cut the out get the go. fondle. Wow. Because <laughs> I was sixteen, which is quite old in my friend group. So when I was ready, I was ready. <laughs> I was like, I've been saving up. <laughs> Where can we see you or hear you elsewhere? Well, everywhere, really. I'm gigging right up till the bitter end, literally. Um, do you have a Twitter um, handle that they could follow? I do, yes, and I update it. Um, <laughs> good I to know. I don't really understand. I'm not very good on Twitter, but I'm practising, and you can watch my development. Um, <laughs> at Tanya Edwards, T-A-N-I-A. Okay, so at Tanya Edwards, and all Tanya's gigs, I imagine, will be there? They're on my website. And well. what's that? Tanya does comedy. 
Tanyaedwards.com. TanyaEdwardsComedy.com. So yeah. if you want to find the wonderful plugging. mind of Tanya Edwards. <laughs> no, no, you haven't let yourself down. And also, we have a lovely uh, gift for you, which is a piece of suffragette jewellery. Oh. So this is an Edwardian piece of jewellery in the suffragette colours that we hope Thank the suffragette you. wore. There oh, you are. Funny. It's a little brooch, and you Good can wear job. that. You can't, you while can't do anything unless you look pretty, can you? <laughs> <laughs> that's... That's... That's not, the, that's not the slogan of our podcast, no. But to, to be, I was teasing you. No, no, but, but, but you can wear this on your, on your maternity bra and you can use that as a popper. It's a brooch, yes. it's a special suffragette brooch. I can brooch. stab myself with it to distract me from the pain of labour. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sophie Hagen, do you have anything to plug? Yes, I'm on Twitter at Sophie Hagen, and I have another podcast called Comedians Telling Stuff, which is just about comedy. Not, it's not feminist. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not not feminist. Can I do that one? <laughs> because I feel I've let the side down doing this one. I do. <laughs> no, 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 not at all, not at all, not at all. all we're interested in all views, and it's been very interesting. <laughs> no. I found it very interesting. No, but you're right, you're right. These are the things that, it's, this is why it's called the guilty feminist. You can come and kind of go, yeah, sometimes I look at that and I go, oh shit, I don't know how to deal with it. It's not a podcast where you have to come on and go, I've only ever enjoyed watching breastfeeding mothers. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to say that. You don't have to say that, no. Can no. I just say, for the record, in case this bit isn't edited out, that I don't agree with any of my misapprehensions because I, I, I do... I am the kind of militant person that would share one of those Facebook stories about how you should all breastfeed everywhere, but I just don't want to do it myself. No, no. <laughs> but it's a process. It's a process. And is there anything you'd like to plug, uh, My Twitter handle is at DeborahFW, and I've got a new podcast called Global Pillage, which is an inclusive comedy panel show. If you're listening at home, globalpillage.net. If you're here in the audience, it's coming out next Monday at noon on the off week of The Guilty Feminist when we do our Anna Challenge Week there'll be a new podcast and Sophie Hagen does a couple of episodes yes. um, and I host it and you'll be introduced to a f a an enormous amount of new comedians many women please listen uh, also follow us on Twitter at Guilt Pod and join our amazing Facebook group we have a just there's incredible people in that group there's really intelligent nice people Bang so on. go to uh, that's on Facebook called the Guilty Feminist Podcast and oh go to iTunes and please subscribe to the Guilty Feminist Podcast and give it a five star rating or oh, so, whatever oh, sort Deborah. of star rating you no, like no give it five star no, five, or, stars. five yep. star sure rating. but all the stars you think it deserves which is five stars five <laughs> sure five stars don't shame yourself by giving it less than five yes <laughs> that, that's a good point uh, and uh, just give it up for Tanya Edwards yay <laughs> Riding trousers. Little boxer. Little boxer. Little boxer. Little boxer. There's no proper sounds. I can't get my wrap my head around any of the sounds of that. Okay, we should so, talk about boobs. So Challenges. <laughs> Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just five dollars. 
From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.